Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, where the conversation always gives you a foundation that is built on biblical principles, so you can intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, and the reality we live in, and history. Host Joe Gaona covers topics like apologetics, worldviews, contemporary culture, and the Word of God to help you articulate a defense for how you live your Christian life. See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com Joe, where is that magnifying glass? How you doing today? This is Joe Gaona with 1530 Apologetics Throughout All Ages. And we're here to intellectually think of worldviews and see if they make sense. See if your worldview and my worldview makes sense as we weigh it out on a scale, right? A scale of truth. And we want to look at science, history, archaeology, and philosophy and the world that we live in. And does your worldview stand against scrutiny? And so we're going to continue talking about this universe and God and why do I justifiably believe in a God who created this universe, a God who made me and you in his image, that it's impossible to the contrary to use any other type of measurement to look at all the things, to look at all the things that we got in this universe and to come out with a conclusion that it just happened randomly by chance and by sooner than later a natural selection of antecedents without a mind. So does truth exist? Let's talk about that. So there are those in the camp that say, Truth is discovered, and that's my camp. But then there are those who would say, no, truth was not discovered. It was only invented. Now, there are those who would say men arranged or gathered from their senses a pattern of how the world functioned. They used induction and hypothesis and came out with a theory. That through experience, or even experiments, came to the conclusion of how things are. Really, a description of how things look, how things operate in each of its given systems. If we look at the cosmos, how does cosmology work in its system? How does biology work in its system? And going down from there until we get to eventually why we have something instead of nothing at all. So it's through these experiments and experience that they look through their senses. Really a description of how things look and how things operate. And to some 
benefit how things act or perform from antecedents. The question is, did men invent these truths or were they discovered? I would say truth corresponds to reality, and I think we all can agree to that. But no matter how you planned or described why things operate a certain way or react a certain way, whether we're talking about gravity or looking at trees and stars and biological male and female, that it doesn't matter how you would describe them. It doesn't matter what language you would use. That would not change who they are, what they are, and how they act. That this would be a universal, immutable, and unchanging for every time and place. Think about this. Everything is held together really by truth a consistency, an order. And what is it that has the power to do this? Are we to believe that energy somehow from heated combustion brought us order in every facet of life? When we look at truth, it's immaterial. It's unchanging. It's immutable. It's universal. No, I don't think it's something that we invented, but rather we are going to see it's something that we have discovered. But what about the deeper thought? Yeah, we can look at the description of everything we see. We can see how they operate. But what about what is or being, right? Ontology. When we look at numbers and mathematics that are immaterial, equations, exist when galaxies and stars were forming. In other words, when minds or life were not existent, what held these constants and quantities in place? Could we have the sun here and over there at the same time and in the same sense? Were stars really stars as described? Or did they only become stars when we gave them that name? Before minds were here, could they have been something other? Did 2 plus 2 really qualify for 4 at all places, at all times? Or did we have to invent this concept? You see, it doesn't matter what language you used, whether it was German, French, or English, or how you may want to describe or write it down, we know the nature of reality, of numbers, equations, will be checked by the laws of logic. Now that's interesting in itself. Could this universe have evolved from order to chaos? Everything we see and how they work, could they have evolved to always work in fallacious and contradictory terms? Wherever you would go in this universe, could gravity or chemicals or our senses and reasoning, our minds, no longer understand realities? Yet if this was the case, nothing would exist but chaos. And especially you and I would not exist to know if that was even true. Now, who, and I say who, who could 
cause a world in which realities are consistent, in which an order was causally caused that this universe from its initial stages would bring forth life, a place where the laws of logic defied random chance and chaos. This could only point to an ultimate being, a being who knew all things. Let's talk about this nature of existence. Do you ever wonder why we long to create? How we as individuals, as human beings, not the animal race, but we as human beings, we long to create, to build, to understand we also long to worship what we believe. Everywhere we go around the world, humans worship themselves, they worship the earth, they worship creatures, and they worship the unknown. It's here that God made a truth claim, and he said that you would find this on the earth, if you would look in the earth, that men would rather serve the creature than the creator. And lo and behold, when we look at the world around us, why is it that people are lifting altars, are lifting sacrifices, are looking for something or someone bigger than themselves to worship, to bow down to? Even our existence needed information. Needed to have consistency in thought, understanding what we see is consistent with the realities that we live in. That in this nature of existence, we need to understand our thoughts and our head are, are judging us every minute of the day. Why? Why would our mind, our brain, that are just particles bouncing off one another, why would they judge us all day long? In our heads, it's judging us every minute of the day. Why did you do that? Why did you act that way? Why are you listening to that? Is that right? Is that wrong? Do you think it's okay to lie? Do you think it's okay to steal? Why? And then we justify our answers within our being and this voice, this brain of ours, we call the conscience, will begin to tell us to justify our answer. Why do we think it's okay? Why do we think it's right? And if we keep on pushing, that after a while, our conscience will say, nope, you made up your mind. You say to yourself, this is the right way. And so we'll leave it at that. But that isn't always the case. When you first start off, your mind, your conscience is judging you, is making you come to trial to justify how you live your life every day. What is it that causes something like that to be universal, unchanging throughout the world, wherever there is life of human beings? We are all in that category. So our consistency needs to be in thought. Understanding what we see is consistent with the realities. 
to understand our thoughts and our head are judging us? Why would our brains put us in trial to accuse us? Also, when we begin to make a case of this nature of existence, and our case will go from inorganic material to an inanimate object to now to a human being that has a life and purpose, what is that? How do we even get there? Science doesn't get us there. So why do we call it out as though evolution somehow, by natural selection, pointed these things out when we don't see that? We don't see it in the science. We know DNA could not come transcripted from RNA, that the DNA had to be there first, that the written information had to be there first, that the chicken had to be there before the egg was hatched. Thank you for being a part of this first half as we talked about this universe and truth and how it corresponds with reality. Stay with us in the second part. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics. Don't go away because there is much more to come with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. Throughout All Ages Ministry, 1530 Apologetics goes into the public high school to build up the student's character to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth. Studies show 75 to 85% of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from their faith. For more information about 1530 Apologetics, go to throughoutallages.com. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona, on K-Praise. Why, thank you for staying with us on this second part as we continue talking about truth, as we look at the universe, as we look at human beings, and we begin to say, how did this universe get here? How did it come out here consistently? And how did the laws of logic stay true in a world that could have went contradictory? Let's continue. There are those who would say, well, we can look at this universe and see similarity. That each species from bacteria looks like vertebrates and then looks like reptiles and mammals and humans. That you see this interaction between all these species that you can see that it was natural selection over billions of years. But wouldn't that be a point for a designer? That if a designer was going to create life on this earth, from the best that we know about, the best knowledge that we have. I mean, you can say, why didn't he make it? Why didn't he design it a different way if he was going to design something? But then you would have the proof of burden to prove why isn't this the best way to make all these sorts of species, all these sorts of life that could live in this big universe, this big planet we call Earth. 
Let's face it, it's exhaustive to look at natural selection and miss all the other criteria that I just talked about to make it possible. It's easy to take one link and say this is where the next link came, but where did life start off from its beginnings? And where do we get the conscience? Where do we get the dreaming? Where do we get life from? Where do we get consistency and order? When we talk about the universe of space and time, that you have to know there was this beginning point, and we talked about this infinite regress last week. And so where did space and time come about that would bring this consistency again in the initial stages? Consistency had to bring forth order in order for life to even take off, in order for this universe to not fold down on itself. So who brought the laws of science to be so consistent? And then we begin to talk about morality. You see, if you're going to say that it's all relative, morality is all relative, then you are saying it's okay to rape babies at a young age. Then you are saying it's okay to mistreat anything you want to mistreat. That it's just the way you are. And that these social constructs that we put on people are really arbitrary, relative. And that we put this social construct of people... But really, there is no gauge to know what is right and wrong. But I don't think that's true. I think we know it's wrong to steal from our neighbor who owns something. I think we know it's justifiable justice if someone were to take my kid and take him from me and sell him off as a slave, as chattel, or come over to my house and rape and kill my family and burn my house down, that we know that is wrong. And so in order to get a standard to know what's right and wrong, we need something outside of me and you, because I understand it. I understand that those who are atheists, those who think they're animals, they have no justification, because how are you going to have it when you're just thinking of yourself? When you're looking at every society, wherever you go, they have their own social construct that we're thinking they never knew it was wrong. They never knew it was wrong to make someone a sub-creature. They never knew it was wrong to just to commit genocide just because they want some property. But no, I think morality has to know what the goal is. The theological reason why we look for a goal of how we ought to be, not a description, but a prescription that comes from an authority that's consistent, that has an order, that knows all things. And this would be the very Christian God that we talk about. You see, truth is not relative. Truth is not based on what they believe in China or what they believe in Russia. 
truth is consistent and has an order that's immutable, unchangeable. Truth is for all people at all times, at all places. Truth is unchanging and we must know that. To even begin to say there is no truth is self-defeating. It is a self-defeating statement to say there is no truth. To say we could never understand truth is self-defeating. To say no one knows what truth is. To say that I do not know what reality is, is a truth statement. There is no way you can bargain with yourself to defeat truth. Because no matter how you use a sentence to describe it, you are actually saying you know truth, being a witness to your own self that there is truth out there. Yeah, I understand ideals have consequences. But it can't be self-defeating when we have an answer. It must be justifiable. So when we look at life, we need to say, where did these things come about? Where did truth come about? Where did truth hold in the galaxies as it held constant in quantities Where did truth come when it set order to the laws of science, the laws of nature? Where did truth come when it caused life to exist at any given point of time? Where was truth when something causal, something more powerful than time, space, and matter had to create it? So when I look at this universe of ours... I say to myself, was it necessary for this universe to be here? Was it contingency? Was it by chance? Or was it designed? As I begin to look at truth, I say it wasn't necessary. There was no necessary about this. There was no necessary, I don't think that's a word. To bring this universe into existence was not necessary. Was it by chance that even from its initial stages of time, space, and matter in the singularity to bring things into existence in an orderly fashion? I don't think that's chance. I don't think that was antecedents of natural selection from the very early stages But when I look at this universe around us, and I looked at every avenue of life, I have to say what is a simple statement. When you look at a building, and I ask you who built that building, you would say it was a builder. If I asked you who painted that picture, a beautiful picture that was painted on the wall, who did that? You would say a painter. If I asked you who wrote a book that was 150 pages long, that was very intelligent, the way they wrote it out, you would tell me an author wrote that. Well, what does a builder and a painter and an author have in common? They all had a mind. They all had a mind that would create. And thus, when we look at this universe... We know that something that was created 
way more spectacular than any building we have ever seen. Way more spectacular than any painting are the colors of this universe. Way more educated is the information that holds everything consistently. This mind has to be the Christian God. A God that has a will. A God that can make decisions. And this was, this is why Christianity, I believe, has the best justifiable answer for all life's crucial questions. And that God wrote it down on a book called the Bible. And he wrote all these facts predicting how men would act, how men would live, what men would say, how life would look. And and if we look at all these predictions that God made as truth claims, we see every one of them are pronounced true, true, true that. And this is why Christianity points to the Christian God. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics. I thank you for being a part of us and we'll see you next week as we talk about who made this universe and who made you. We'll see you next week. That's a take. And this has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Joe Gaona, how to support and get involved with 1530 Apologetics by visiting throughoutallagesministries.com. That's throughoutallagesministries.com. 1530 Apologetics is vigorously setting the pace to give easy answers to hard questions in the culture we live in. So be sure to join Joe at this same time next week for more biblical principles to help you intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, the reality we live in, and history. This has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise.